What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shot City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You're tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind presented by Dosecchi's. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, Calvin Casey. Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spinning the one and twos. Your number is 1-800-707-9760. Again, that is 1-800-707-9760. And this first segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Stoli Vodka. Keep in mind, established in 1938, they have uncompromising spirit is the kind that believe that they believe that turns players into icons. It's 100% grain to glass. Stoli Vodka controls the entire production process, and there's no room for maybe. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Pick up your Stoli at a Specs near you. 1-800-707-976. If you know what you want to talk about, it is open phone lines. Anything that happened over the weekend that's sports related that we're not touching on, if you want to bring that to the airways, feel free to do that. We just ask you be patient during the long breaks and long segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, if you need to reach out to me via Twitter, don't forget that's at Sports Grind. Also, if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, I'll respond to those in real time. If I don't get to them, then I'll respond to them later on. But you can log on to to the uh, business Facebook page of Sports Ground Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page and you can leave comments. And like I said, I'll respond to those in real time or I'll get to them and respond to you later. And if you ever miss any of the shows live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the daily podcast seven days a week. 1-800-707-9760. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. All right, man. Let's get this week started. We're coming off the Labor Day weekend. I hope everybody had a safe Labor Day weekend. This is Tuesday, so it's going to be one of those weeks that probably go by fast uh, since it's a short week. And we're up and rolling with the pigskin, especially in college football. Definitely going to be heavy college today. A lot to get to in regards to action over the weekend. Um, you know, I thought it was a uh, great um you know, opening weekend for college, despite a lot of blowouts. I think some of the, uh, you know, close games that we had, the few of them that came down to the wire, I mean, especially in our backyard uh, with the UTSA. Yeah, Roadrunners uh, losing a triple overtime uh, to the University of Houston. Uh, definitely have my thoughts on that. Kind of surprised that I'm hearing buzz on the street in regards to, you know, people and, you know, saying that, you know, coaching cost them that and, you know, question the trailer. And I understand how fans are, but I'm going to put in Saturday's perspective, what I took from it. We'll get to that game shortly. Um, also, uh, we've got uh, U.S. Open. Major upset in the U.S. Open round yesterday. Uh, round of 16, okay, and the dog goes down. Uh, my brother here, Tafu. Francis Tiafo. Tiafo. I've known about him. I've seen him play from time to time. I mean, he's been on the grind a minute. I mean, he's an American. Uh, first time that he's been to the quarters um, and a grand slam. You saw the emotion there. You know, keep in mind, Nadal hadn't lost a match in 2022 yet. You know, he was like 23, 24 and 0 coming in this match. Um, out in the desert, man, this was, I, I think he went off. I mean, this was like, I think plus six, 800 maybe. I would take a stab at it, what he was as an underdog coming into this. 
Um, definitely one of those that got to pay attention to most of it. You know, I had the last uh, fantasy draft yesterday in that keeper league. You know, with that one went by a lot quicker than that deep one did last Saturday. That lasts about five hours. But yeah, it was in the midst of doing that yesterday. But we never covered really on. quick. Who did who did you keep? I mean, we had, we opened up the the roster mm-hmm. to the public. Uh, asking um, everybody their opinion on who you should keep. Who did who who did you uh I ended up keeping Javante Williams. Um well, you with know, your Bronco running back there. Yeah, I mean, because it's one of those, you know, in that league a lot Let's of people ride. yeah, a lot of people keep running backs. I mean, some of the top ones are already kept on most teams. There's still some out there, and plus that league is, you know, you got ten people compared to six fifty yeah, sixteen in the other deep ones. So you're gonna have some good talent on the bench. But yeah, so uh, was complete that, but I got a chance to pay attention for the most part uh, of the the match. So props to him, definitely life changing for him. Um, you know, the doll, you know, boast. I mean, I again, it probably hadn't been that long because they've been in and out, both of them dealing with injuries. But this is going to be a grand slam. That's one that's not by Djokovic or not by Nadal. So it hasn't you know happened too often. Uh, but there's something else with that. Before we leave tennis. Uh, Court, the legend. Margaret Court? Uh, yeah, Margaret Court uh, that Serena was chasing, that she fell short, has broke her silence. Since, you know, this is we're coming off Serena week in New York at U.S. Open. You know, Serena's got her national commercials running in regards to, hey, thanks, Serena, and all that. Well, Miss Court thinks that, you know, like, hey, I've been fond of Serena, but she never was fond of me. And she's also opened up that, you know, she feels like she's been kind of outcasted and forgot about uh with tennis and this is what i will say to this now keep in mind um this woman i believe is 80 years old now okay is yes. that get the age right yes sir okay i knew she was up there she's about 80 and the question i have is like first of all i mean we've been talking about serena chasing this record for like the last i don't know four years minimum three or four years and she's been in striking distance why now why are you speaking now I mean, on the day of, I mean, it makes me, and you know, the one thing I will say that she probably has some validation when it talks about how she feels that the game of tennis has, you know, kind of pushed her out to the side. I will probably say yes, because honestly, I haven't really heard of anybody talk about her record until Serena got close. I mean, yeah, you can go back. I mean, Steffi, you know, when she was on a run and, you know, Martina, but at the end of the day, for somebody that has a record like that, you think that you would be talked about a little bit more. So I can understand that point, but I don't like the timing of it. I feel like if you felt as much as she's been linked with Serena over the last four or five years, if you felt that, that either the game of tennis has kind of treated you like an outcast or Serena hasn't really been fond of you. And I don't know if Serena's actually made comments about her when asked about it. I don't know why she feels that way, but I just don't like the timing of it. And to me, it kind of shows you a little bit who you are. And I understand she's 80. So I take that with a grain of salt because, you know, when people get older, especially that age, you just say stuff I mean, that you don't know. I mean, you could be sleeping, falling asleep, watching the TV on the couch and just wake up and say, what, you know? Why's all these grandkids over there? There's nobody over here, Grandma. But I just don't like the timing of it, man. I mean, and first of all, I don't even know if that's true if Serena's not fond of her. I mean, I haven't personally, and I've been one of Serena's biggest critics um, through her prime and even to toward the end. Um, but I just totally, I don't, I don't like this one and the timing of it. But couldn't it be more about the fact that nobody's been listening to her until this time either? 
Nobody's asked her opinion or her thoughts on Serena chasing the record, pursuing the record. You know, it's going to be one thing if if you know she happened if Serena were to tie her tie her record or break her record for you know, Grand Slam wins. Um, you know, of course she she'd re- release a statement, congratulations to Serena. But at the same time, she wants to get her flowers too. She also said, you know, I finished playing in my early thirties. Serena's played seven more years than I have to try to chase my record. And I would tell her too, the competition when she played was nothing. I mean, not to disrespect her compared to even go. I mean, if I'm going to be, if, 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 yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go there, but trust me. I mean, that's part of, you know, that me has been reluctant to automatically. And I've been called a hater and stuff like that, but that's why I've been reluctant to really go out there and just a hundred percent solidify Serena's the goat is because again, and maybe it's just cause I'm biased because I, I grew up and pay attention to the sport in the early nineties and mid nineties. And, and, you know, from men and women's standpoint, I mean, it was competition. I mean, so if I'm going to say that with her, I'll be like, uh, you know, okay, you, you played seven years less or whatever you want to say. And pretty much the competition, Probably wasn't as good as even when Martina and Steffi was doing it. I just feel that the people that cover tennis, they've known about her. They've known this record. And you could have reached out and you could have basically went at 80 years old. You could have basically voiced this way before now. Her name has been linked with Serena. To sit there coming off all the attention with Serena and then to sit there and say, I don't think Serena's fond of me either. That sounds salty. That sounds salty beans, man. That's salty. You know, that's just my opinion. I just I I was like, what? I ain't never heard nothing like that. So you got that going on. Um, Also, baseball continues to roll on. Uh, The Indians are just having a meltdown. I mean, the Guardians. Yeah, the Guardians. I'm sorry. Still haven't got used to calling them the Guardians. Cleveland Guardians. They're having a major meltdown over the last few weeks. Also, Judge is on pace. He hit another one. I mean, he's on a better pace than what Roger Maris was when he had 61. Um, so it's obviously that's still in reach. Also with baseball, um, I talked about it last week. Uh, how Tony LaRusso is basically had to leave the team uh, for medical reasons and health reason. It was indefinite. Um, hope he's in good health, but the truth of it is the Sox are playing better without him. And to me, that's not a shocking. I mean, to me, that's let me let me rephrase that. It's not that it's shocking, but it's telling. It's telling. You know, one of them have good health, but, they, you know, I don't know exactly how many games he won, but they're playing better balls since he went away. And, again, he's one. He's, he's, a, he's a manager in history, one of the better ones. But I always tell you, in different sports, there comes to a time that maybe the game and the sport can pass you by. But to me, it's not a coincidence that his team responded, you know, like that. So you got baseball still heating up. Uh, WNBA, we resume tonight. Uh, you know, we're coming off the weekend where um, – you know, both road teams uh, regained home court. You know, they both won. The Vegas Aces won on the road. Hell of a game in the overtime. I mean, that was a good game to watch. Um, also, you have uh, Candace Parker, you know, turning back the clock, having a big performance, hitting some big shots and big threes as, you know, the defending champions, the Chicago Sky, they take back home court. But you got both, you know, teams back in action tonight. Um, still at the same venue, so we'll see if these home teams can draw even or move on. I really think, I believe probably the Vegas Aces are probably going to finish it out um, tonight. Um, you know, and it sucks because, again, you know, we all know uh, Sue Bird, 
you know, this is her last hoorah. I mean, she hit a big shot there that I thought it was going to add to her legacy, the game winner, to give them the game, you know, and then they have a defensive meltdown, um, you know, coming out of timeouts. Um, and the question I have, even watching that game, and I've told you they remind me of, like, that the, the aces, the way they play is that 2013-14 type of spur ball. But, you know, I've noticed in that game and previous games before, watching Becky coach, and I'm like, damn, you know what? Maybe Becky, like, you know, maybe Becky should have called some timeout plays a little bit more when she's down here coaching. Her timeout, her plays out of timeout are pretty damn good, okay? Now, Pop used to have that, and, and I'm not saying he didn't have any more, but I know, again, I've said this before, there's a lot of good assistant coaches that left off that bench during that time, but I'm thinking like, damn, she was a, sec she was a first person on the bench and the head coach and waiting. Okay, after Messina went back to Italy or overseas, wherever he went to, I'm watching these aces. I'm like, damn, she should have been maybe calling these, some of these plays or some of these last seconds. You know, doing a good job. I mean, she got coach of the year. I think they're the favorite. I think they're the most talented team left. Doesn't mean they're actually going to win it all. But that's just my observation from that. 1-800-707-9760. Um, got a chance to check out that Donahue stuff on Netflix. I did watch that. Very interesting. Um, learned a little bit, you know, from watching it because that was years ago that this happened. You know, the, the uh, as they call them, the rogue referee that went rogue. I will tell you this because I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it yet. But I will tell you, it makes I've always had um, I've always felt a certain way about David Stern. OK, now, as I was raised. You don't talk ill about the dead when they're gone. So don't really need any bad karma, you know, coming my way because I'm trying to make sure I'm trying to change things around to make sure them pearly gates open for me. I might need a hook up on that, too. So somebody I know once I get to be like, yo, man, help me out. You know, remember I did that? That's probably going to be me when I get there. So I don't want to I don't want to sit there and do anything, you know, that's going to bring bad karma on me. But after watching that, what I've already felt about him, after watching that, yeah, you know what? There was, he controlled that whole situation. Because the one thing that reminded I'm like, uh, wasn't there about like 15 other referees or 20 other referees that were named in this whole investigation from either being spotted at casinos, betting on other sports, around, and you never, they never got questioned. They never had to go whatever. It, yeah, this thing was probably one of those that was supposed to go to trial, but David Stern, you know, went um, John Gotti on everybody. Like, this is what we're going to do. Probably looked at, looked at Donnie and said, no, nah, man, you're going to sit out there and take this because your ass put it, so this is what you're going to say. So you've got to go watch that. That's a very interesting special. Uh, you know, I've kind of been waiting Netflix. for that. It's on Netflix. Yeah, so got a chance to see that. 1-800-707-9760. But... When we get back, you know, we've got college. We've got college. Well, we'll get into it now. We've still got three minutes in the segment, but we'll get into it now. College football is here. Um, in my opinion, you know, um, I don't want to get live too much in the moment and say this is one of the greatest opening weekends in college because it's probably not, but it's probably better than what most people anticipated considering the matches, the matchups that we had. Um, and really, we can start with, you know, Texas. You know, Texas was victorious this weekend. Uh, they were be able to uh, 
pretty much beat the brakes off of Monroe 52 to 10. Okay. There's no need to breaking that down, um, you know, with Monroe. But what do you got? Well, on that front, I know your challenge going into the weekend for Burnt Orange Nation was let's see how you look in the trenches. Do you look bigger? Do you look faster? Do you look ready for the SEC as you're approaching? Did you see at least see that in the, in the, the, the ULM game? Um, for a little transparency, I wasn't rushing to, to the Longhorn Network. I wasn't rushing to see that game. With everything I mean, else on, I don't blame Yeah, it. no, I wasn't rushing. That was, I wasn't going to find nothing out about the Longhorn. I'm going to find something out about Saturday. At 11 o'clock Central Standard Time. That's what we're going to find out. I wasn't trying to watch that against Monroe. But the reason why I'm starting with them is because I don't like what Sark is trying to sell to the local media down there in Austin and to the rest of the country about this particular uh, game this coming up weekend with Alabama. Um, I, I really don't. I want to talk about what I heard him say when he was asked, because I believe there's certain ways that you could and he could have answered this question. Uh, but I just don't like the message that he's kind of sending, because to me, it's kind of setting it up, you know, based off of what a lot of people feel the way this game could go. I have some thoughts about that. Also, welcome to the SEC, Brian Kelly. Welcome. Okay, Florida State, either one of these teams is ranked, but Florida State, I think that's a big win for their program. Definitely want to talk about that. Notre Dame finds a way to hang tough in the horseshoe. We got to touch on that as well, too. You listen to the Sports Grind presented by Dosekis. We're broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Cry. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor. Sponsor of the sports crime. 
All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing 1-800-707-976. Use your number. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. 1-800-707-9760. Also, definitely, you know, we're a couple days away from the NFL season kicking off as well, too. Uh, we definitely um, going to be talking some NFL uh, news. There's some news coming in in regards to uh, Pittsburgh, of course. Mike Tomlin has finally made it official, uh, as expected. Um, Mitch Trubisky's name to start it. Hell, he was even voted captain, part of captain by his teammates. And that's always big to me in regards to what the peers uh, feel about you. Uh, but, you know, they're going to open up, you know, on the road in a division um, – you know, against the Bengals last time I think they saw they were six and a half point underdogs. Uh, in the history of the NFL in week one, road division dogs have been lights out. They're like uh, the the number I heard. There's something like 22 and six over like the last Damn. few years of uh, just ballpark around there. No, that's not exact, but it's something like that. But road dog divisions in opening week have been um, on fire. Now, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, you know, in regards to that game, but just a little food for thought. Now, also with that, you know, some other NFL, we know who's rolling into town Sunday night uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, definitely want to talk about that and their signing of Peter, the offensive lineman. I want to talk about that here shortly. So we definitely got NFL on our radar here the next few days as we finally kick it off. This has been one of the longest. I mean, I don't know if it's been long, but it, it's probably been felt like long for the last two months to get to this point for week one. I, and I guess it's just all the storylines and all the switching of quarterbacks and stuff like that. And coaches, you know, on the job, there's a lot going on into this season in regards to the anticipation, but we're finally here just a few days away, but let's start in the college and look at some of this week one action that took place in college football over the weekend. And, um, let me see. Before we go, let me look. We've already got early Facebook live checking in. Frank Valdez. We'll see you in orange after UT beats Bama. Okay. And then Santo Flores. Page back up to the other one because I think he's he has a nice segue um, in regards to. Okay. He says we're winning is what we're selling. Wouldn't try and sell that. You wouldn't. Who wouldn't try to sell that? Now nah, that's not what I'm talking about, Santos. Okay. Let me talk to you, Santos. This is the deal. Because I've heard, and I'm going to paraphrase it from Sark. Let, I mean, let's keep it real, okay? Because like I've told y'all, down in Austin, the honeymoon's over. Like, we've been down, I've been down there about eight months. I'm just telling you straight up how it feels. You know, we know that we've got outlets down there that's dedicated just to kiss y'all's ass and rub baby powder on you, tell you everything's going to be all right. But that's never been me when it comes to that burnt orange. And look, college football is better when UT's back. It just is. You know, the, I mean, college football is better when UT's back and competitive. But this is my deal here. Okay. What, okay, Sark, you know, they go out and they, they lay the wood to Monroe and everything, and I get it. But, you know, I guess Sark was asked a question in the press conference looking up to this game in Bama. And, you know, Sark, first of all, there were some red flags in his, in his responses. And, you know, one of them is, you know, well, you know, some people might look at it that, this game doesn't define us. And, um, you know, my goal is to get to that game in December in the Big 12 championship. But this game right here doesn't really define us. So, you know, we're gonna, look, when you come coach 
at the University of Texas. The right way Sarkin, because first of all, he's setting it up in case they get their ass embarrassed. That's he, He's kind of trying to get, he's being a politician. He's trying to get ahead of it because either he knows, I mean, where he knows where he's at, where the team's actually at. You know, he's lost two starters before we even kick this thing off. But to me, the, when you, the way you answer, like, hey, this is why you come to coach at Texas. This is why you come play at Texas for games like this, the opportunity to play a program like that. 95% of the coaches would answer a question like that. But Sark wants to sit there, and he's trying to soften the blow. He ain't getting past me on that one. That's number one. I mean, you, 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 it doesn't define you. No, man. I mean, evidently, this home and home was maybe agreed to before you even took the job. And let's talk about that. Look, I used to be a big fan of Sark. You know, I remember Salami used to give me hell about that, even back when he was at Washington, because I'd say, hey, man, this guy's a good coach. But let's keep it real. He failed. I mean, he failed at Washington. Okay. He failed there. Okay. Then he goes and gets a job at USC. He gets a little, he, he goes through a real problem, just like every other human. Some humans out there, you got, you get, you know, you get involved in alcohol and thing. Really embarrass yourself at a, like at a, what they consider a PTA meeting at college, whatever they call it with the parents are there. He embarrassed himself then. And he got let go with this. And then you come and you get the offensive coordinator job at Alabama. You go to the rehabilitation program that Nick delivers out to every coach. I mean, that's Nick doing his good deeds. He's paying his church ties. He feels so guilty. A lot of these guys that either under pressure, the mountain that he's built, like, damn, dude, you got two or three years in college. Are they firing your ass? He knows that he set real unrealistic expectations from the coaches. So he gives out free work. Sark ain't the first one to get into the save and rehabilitation program. But what is that job? First of all, I'm giving him, let's see if he could do. But based off his resume, no, he shouldn't have deserved the Texas job. You know how he got the Texas job It's because Texas has had it in hard. Okay. For Nick Saban for years, ever since that story uh, clicked, uh, leaked out of Houston a few years ago, when that number of a hundred million way before Brian Kelly talked, we, we were talking about probably about 2015, 14, probably if you look at the dollar, probably be equivalent to offering a man 200, some million, a quarter billion dollars a day. But when that leaked out, like if there was one place to leave Alabama, Texas. So, again, Sark, it's almost like Texas made that decision. The athletic director, like, hey, look, we can't get Michael Jackson, but I guess we'll settle for Tito. Okay, when the Jackson 5 was out there, if you had to take one member, you wanted Mike. You didn't want Tito. That's how he got the job. Well, if we can't get him, we can get somebody that basically falls in them. So he got this job by luck. And I hate to say that. I'm not saying he hadn't been on the ground, but look at his resume. That question, that's that's bogus. That's a cop out. You come to coach at Texas for games like this. Now, oh, this doesn't define us. This doesn't it really define my goal is to be there in December in that Big 12. You're at the University of Texas, man. OK, you ain't at Hawaii. Your games ain't being played at like two o'clock in the morning, East Coast time on Saturday night, like Hawaii. Okay, that Western Kentucky and Hawaii game, man, if you're on the East Coast, there's no way you finish that damn game. You know, come on, Sark, you're at Texas. I don't want to hear that crap. You won the biggest recruiting battle of a quarterback that we've seen in the last few years. You landed that. Ain't about this doesn't define us. That is to me. That is I'm going to get if we kick if we get our ass kicked. Hey, man, I told y'all, we're just, nah, man, that's weak sauce. 
And I hope he does get Texas back. But that's weak, so I'm not letting that slide. That's hogwash. You know, when I looked at Nick Saban's press conference, you know, and, and I always know when Nick has team. Because let me tell you something. Nick going to have these guys prepared this weekend like they about to play Vince Young. Like that Texas team. So regardless how I feel about Texas, anybody else, Nick is having them. I can tell by his press conferences. Nick's going to have Alabama ready thinking that Vince Young is coming out there like that. We about to play them in the Rose Bowl. This team, we beat just kick USC's ass. That's what he's going to have them guys believing. And you know what the difference is between and I understand that's Nick when he's asked because this whole assistant coach thing. You know, we know last year he finally lost two, two times. He had been undefeated against previous coaches, though Jimbo got him. Okay, and Kirby finally got him. But this whole question about, hey, man, how do you feel about Sark? You know, he's there and things you do. And Nick just looked at him like, hey, you know, I get that quick. But he goes, you don't think I know what he does or what they do? He goes, when we basically sit there and everybody knows what everybody but it comes down to execution. Meaning like, hey, he said, it don't always result in a win just because they know what we're going to do. Meaning like, I've got some of the best players in the country. I don't care what he knows. Yeah, and I know him too. We coming to kick their ass. That's weak for that. Like out of everything he said, I didn't even like the deal about the Ewers situation when he when he basically went ahead and said, "Hey, he won the starting job." I just felt that this no man when he made the transfer portal and he was coming there, he was going to get that job. He knew you were actively recruiting um, Arch, but he there was no competition there. I didn't even, I didn't touch on that because it was no big deal. But I wouldn't let this one slide. Oh, uh, this don't define us. What man, that's 17, whatever the hell it is, 17 and a half. Spread and what then got you all whatever. But like I said, Nick Saban has lost like you don't schedule him that often, but damn, he's only like two and thirteen or something like that when it comes to non-conference road games. But we'll see. We'll see. 1 800 707 9760 also college this weekend um yes so first off texas a&m they had like maybe what two rain delay weather delay that game took forever too sam houston uh beat them 31 to zero. not very impressive and i'm gonna give them a little bit of pass because of the weather delay and all that but 31 to you know whatever the score was didn't look that chris starting out i think all the all the teams that had to send messages that had a lot of hype this offseason and a and was one of those with the number one recruiting class i think they were probably the least you know impressive but they had that delay they had that situation so we'll see um also um let's go back to um florida you know, look, Florida, and I told you, down in the swamp, they get number seven, Utah. Bad opening for the Pac-12 this week. I mean, it's been bad news for the Pac-12, you know, all summer. I mean, you sit there and you lose USC, UCLA. Then you open week one and every your, your top team that's supposed to have a seat. This is the Pac-12 team that was supposed to have a seat probably at that Final Four was Utah. They ain't going to Gainesville. And I told you Friday, why are they only favored by three? Hey, man, that sounds like that's Gainesville, Florida, and the upset. They went outright. But Utah is holding the seventh. They go down. Bad. Other than USC, you know, dominating, I mean, Pac-12 took some – I mean, Oregon? What the hell was that? And then that's the defensive coordinator that was with Kirby last year in Georgia. 
They just came out and had nothing. I mean, that was impressive of what Jordan had. You want to talk about impressive because to me, I talked about it Friday. Like, I want to see what kind of substance Kirby didn't really built coming off of the championship, losing that many guys to the draft. And you know what? They've heard all the talk this offseason. Oh, man, they ain't going to be good as last year's defense. Them defense line, they're going to take a step back. They took it personal. Kirby had them ready to go, and they killed Oregon. Okay? Killed them. I don't even know if I saw the duck anywhere. I think the duck law, the mask got the duck left early. You got roasted. You know? I mean, come on. What the hell is that? But props to Georgia for looking back like, hey, we're back here in the mix of the thing. Um, also, I will say in regards to, you know, also what came across my radar this weekend in matchups, you know, Arkansas, I told you, you know, Arkansas is that sexy team. They're the Philadelphia Eagles of college football. Okay. Couldn't put Cincinnati away, all right? I mean, I've heard I've heard Arkansas talk all year, and I'm not saying they're not going to be a good program. I mean, they're coming off their first eight-win season forever. I like their head coach, you know. He's had some ties. He's got some ties in, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, but I like him. But the Arkansas, I'm like, Cincinnati, I mean, they lost their starting quarterback is down in Atlanta. You couldn't put this team away at home? I mean, come on. They did move them up four spots in the AP. Who? Uh, Arkansas. Oh, well, that's Moved fine. Up. That's yeah. fine. I'm going by the naked eye test. Climbing the ladder. Like I said, Cincinnati not being in this spot spots, before. Sorry. Form a playoff team from last year. I get it, but they lost a piece. They lost a starting quarterback. Couldn't put them guys away. So I've got to see more from Arkansas. I've got, I've got to see a little bit more from Arkansas. 1-800-707-9760. Also, um, like I told you in the opening, Florida State gets LSU now to me you know this is the way I feel and 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 I've seen this before I mean I've seen it right when he got to Notre Dame you know time Brian Kelly with Cincinnati um first off before I get to him I will tell you um going back to that Florida game one thing I did want to point out Anthony Richardson the quarterback for Florida um he looked pretty solid I mean you know he was very athletic I think his upside has a lot of upside you know, I, there was a love of fest for him during that game, and he was making plays, but I see the potential, but he has some work to do, but they definitely might have on to something. He definitely looks better than what he did, you know, last year. He looks more comfortable, but I think definitely he was the factor that you – I mean, he was just the best athlete probably on the field, especially on the offensive side against Utah's defense. And Utah has a respected defense. They've always, for years, their defense has been solid. But I did want to put that – I think he has a lot of upside moving forward, uh, forward if you're a Florida Gators fan. Um but back to, you know, this LSU situation. Um, first off, you know, Florida State tried to give the game away. I mean, what the hell are you doing calling a pitch out, a toss out, when you're already up seven, you're trying to run the clock out, you're around the goal line, run in the middle. Why are you running a pitch out? Fumbleaya. And they took that they took that fumble and marched it all the way down to the goal line to have an opportunity, which they did to tie the game, and then they blow the extra point. Okay? Now, I will tell you this, and this is the thing about Brian Kelly, and this is why I think, you know, people that's followed college football for a while, why it was very intriguing when he took a job like LSU based off of, you know, how Brian Kelly, you know, how he goes about things. Um, first of all, Jaden Daniels, Brian, just name him the starter already. 
He transferred from Herm Edwards from San, uh, from Arizona State out there. I watched. I liked him then, but he was my – that guy, I mean, he's the only reason why the game was close. And my thing to Brian, let him go. Because, you know, Brian has to sit – he handcuffs sometimes a quarterback. They, he wants you to play and run his system the way he is. But this is – like I told you, transfer portals have changed. It's changed the landscape in college. I mean, to get a quarterback like that, through transferring from Arizona State to LSU. I don't know why he said that both quarterbacks, we're going to probably use both. No, I think it needs to be him. Okay. Even Brian Kelly said, damn, I saw him on film. I didn't know he was that fast until I got in person. Okay, well, name him the starter. Number two, the way LSU looks right now, they're going to look totally different in two or three years in the style of the pipe of people that Brian Kelly is going to try to recruit. This is very intriguing to me. I think that he has to understand this ain't the independent Notre Dame schedule that that you know that they get to choose out there that you know hey well we got on network we'll we, and, and I'm not saying that they've got you know they've done a decent job in the last few years of scheduling I mean they don't really schedule just cupcakes but they do their own schedule but this is a little different beast though Brian I mean you can change your voice into that Louisiana twang and everything but I mean Florida State even though either one of these teams was ranked in the AP that was an impressive win for Florida State they try to give it away but you know at LSU we, the Brian's going to find out. And, and again, this that's a different monster down there in Baton Rouge. They might give him this year to kind of say, hey, can you, you can do it? But by year two, you're going to have to show some improvement. I don't want it to feel like Brian Kelly didn't bit off more than he can chew. Okay, but welcome. And, a, and they missed two. I mean, special teams failed them. They, they had a botch kick punt. Then they missed an extra point. They missed a total of, of two extra points got blocked. Field goal and an extra point got blocked. Special teams, it matters. But welcome to the SEC, Brian Kelly, with that hundred money. Not all good money's to take, man. When you take that kind of money, there's a lot of pressure, and a lot of other responsibilities that come. You know, because let me tell you, you going to lose a streak ain't gonna be like South Bend when they come in to tell you to confess and come pray with us. It's okay. <laughs> down in Louisiana, they be looking to cook your ass like with them gators they eat down there. All right. Also. Let's talk about it. I mean, Bama, same thing I felt. I mean, I, I that game tuned in here. I mean, what? Utah State 55-52-0? I've always said this. I don't care who you play. When you shut somebody out, that that's kind of impressive. But it's going to be like that. The only thing I can tell you, I mean, I tune in. I mean, Alabama has – and this is the other advantage they have when they schedule these teams, like, but they do. And even some of the guys in their conference. People don't realize, sometimes early on in September as well, Bama gets to really see their next class coming the next year. I mean, the game, by the time the second quarter and second quarter, Bama's got third stringers out there. Young just on the sideline chilling. He already dropped like three of them and threw some yards. Now, I'll tell you this, Austin, it, it, the starters better be in this game. They better stay in this game and damn near to the third quarter. You better not let it get out of here where you all of a sudden see freshmen and all this come in. And that's the advantage Nick kind of had. That's game experience. Don't let them get game experience on you, man. Since this isn't going to define us. I ain't letting that go all week. I ain't letting go all that. That's that. He should be ashamed of himself to be the head coach. That is one of the most prestigious jobs in football, not just college and NFL. And you just going to come in there and not even wipe your feet on the rug? Listen to the Sports Grind, presented by Dos Equis, Broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, being producer. We'll be back.